1: Hey, guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Get over to Leon Tailoring for that young person who graduated. Congratulations, by the way. And make sure they've got the clothes for that big job interview. Hey, the economy may be good, but you still got to dress for success. And Leon Tailoring, they can help your young person do that with the professional wardrobe and attire that they need. And so all those years of college and getting a degree do not go to waste. So Leon Tailoring, the perfect place to get your young professional off to that start in the world of work. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Our guests today are Christopher Spangle, Amy Starks, Dave Meeker, Dave Dave Meeker, bringing tech to you, Amy Starks, Digital Media uh, Incorporated. Uh, and with Chris Spangle. we are Libertarians and Digital Director for the Bob and Tom Show. We're talking about uh, social media. That's the conversation we're having today. The impact it's going to have uh, with the election just a few weeks away. Uh, it was interesting, Dave. I want to get you uh, to sort of jump in here? Uh, Chris talked about, you know, when sort of these roadblocks were built, or the sort of these firewalls. At okay. first, it was for the hackers. Then it was the sex trade workers. Then it was these people. Is there a where is that line did that that we draw between you know keeping the integrity of our system versus we just we're now getting to outright censorship, so to speak?
2: That's a very good question. I'm going to start with in the country of Spain. When they post, they can't make a public post. All they can post is, is one for friends only. So there is already a form of censorship in a way in many other countries. But in America, as far as I know, First Amendment still stands by there. The question is, as an attorney, what are the terms of service that you clicked the box blindly and said, I agree? Exactly what did you agree to? Are you staying within those lines? I'd like to think I can still put some of my opinions out there and promote, People, whether they're paying me or not just because they're good people or a good cause like putting a trail all the way across hancock county great i i love it but is someone going to censor me i don't know i sure hope not
1: amy is uh is for the for the social media companies is that term of service agreement uh sort of their 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 ultimate trump card pardon the pardon the expressions like hey you know what you can complain all you want but when you signed up you hit agree, but we, we no one's there with a gun forcing you to, right. Your
3: Honor. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's free, and it's usually up all the time. I don't know when the last time is, that I saw a fail whale.
2: Memorial Day.
3: Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah, there was face, on Twitter.
2: Yeah, Facebook. It went down for about twenty five minutes.
3: Really? Did you see a fail whale?
2: No, but it said uh, you could not log in. You oh. they uh, Recognize your credentials. And, and all was people and quiet in the village that okay,
1: day. But And Twitter th- was busy. Millions of people across America actually had to talk to each other. But,
3: but still, it was 25 minutes serving 2 billion people. Yep. That is Globally. an amazing feat. Yes. And if it's only down... You know, let's say it's down for three days during the oh, year. Oh, humanity. Um, <laughs> that, that is such a, a minuscule time. And it's just, it blows my mind when I think about the infrastructure that goes into providing these platforms. And I really do not think it's a utility. I think it's more like, I always use um, Mickey Gillies. Do any of you remember Mickey Gillies? It was a huge bar in Texas. And there, I mean, it was so big that it was measured in football fields. And I feel like that's what the Internet is. It's this huge place where you can go anywhere. There, you know, there's a, a, a Western, there's a. The Bull bull Ride, the... Mechanical Bull? Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I've actually ridden
1: one of those before, that's why I know. There's
3: a Mechanical Bull over here, there's jazz happening on this side, there's um, a rock and roll concert over there in this one huge area, and you can go wherever you want. You can listen to whatever you want. You can focus on whatever you want. You can promote whatever you want. And I guess maybe I'm a Pollyanna, but I feel like we'll get through this eventually and come out better on the other side let me
1: ask you about that chris and just using uh amy's uh amy's analogy that okay here's your country western over here your pop over here your blues over here your r&b regardless you're still at mickey gillies you walk in here
0: we expect you to behave yourself a certain way and if you don't Get the hell out of here! No, I think I like I said earlier. I think if you are abusing people, if you're, it's Facebook in these hearings talked about inauthentic users and fake users. And I have never liked the anonymity of certain platforms. I'm a person that I believe if it's coming out of my mouth, my name should be on it. I should be held accountable for what I say. So obviously, and, you didn't write the White House op-ed. I didn't, <laughs> and I think that person is a wuss. But
3: but I think um, WikiLeaks came out and said that they're pretty sure that it's a old white guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like and so I do think that these companies have a right to set their rules and they should make those rules very clear to people. And, and in regards to the terms of service, you know, if I walk into your restaurant, there is there is an implicit contract that you're going to treat me a certain way and I'm going to act a certain way and if one of us wants to terminate that contract for whatever reason, you can kick me out or I can leave we have an explicit contract with these companies and they tell us exactly what the remedies are for when we misbehave and what are the steps. The, what's happening with political speech, though, is there are so many varying interests and so many loud interests that want to control what these companies, how they're enforcing their own terms of service. And so I think you've seen a lot of conservatives, for instance, um, claim certain things and I think back up in a lot of ways that you know conservative media publications like rare go out of business while the Young Turks thrive, you know there are measurements that show that conservative outlets are being unfairly uh, biased against by some of these companies. Here's
1: the thought: maybe they I remember a long time ago in my early comedy days, somebody said to Abdul, "Well, why are there no conservative comedians?" Well, maybe because you guys just aren't funny. Mm. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean if, if I may just kind of go Occam's Razor here just a bit. I mean, right. if, if you have got content, you've got following. You know, it'll, it'll buy, it'll sell, but maybe your audience just isn't as big as you thought it was, and, and your business model just isn't, because, I mean, as apparently the business model works for Fox, because Fox does right. very well, but maybe Fox has figured out something that works that these other guys, able to get you in here, just haven't figured out.
2: So, what was the question, Your Honor, again? <laughs> I don't I I, think I,
1: don't I, think I, I lost remember.
3: track there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, you no, know, no. I guess it is in the sense that when when, we t- when certain organizations talk about, you know, the the quote unquote liberal bias of, of Facebook and Twitter and blocking out the you know, conservative voice, and Chris pointed out like some conservative websites just haven't done financially as well as some liberal ones. I mean could it just be that maybe some people are just better at a particular business model than other people? It,
2: it depends on, on whether that information is relevant and whether or not they read it. A lot of times people won't respond, but they'll come up to talk to me personally. And believe it or not, people normally read all of my posts. They normally go past more and read it because it's something that resonates with them. Uh, Sometimes it's something that may resonate in the wrong way, but at least it's relevant and it's some kind of news related or purpose behind it. But when I get into politics, it seems like everything changes. There seems to be a lot of emotion and normally a lot of money that backs that emotion.
1: Is that part of the issue, Amy, is the fact that uh, unlike, you know, Uh, I guess sports may not necessarily be the best way because sports fans are just as emotional and enthusiastic as everybody else about their respective teams. But is that maybe sort of the the part of the problem we're having here is that we're not only are we so polarized as a nation, but people take things, they, they they personalize their politics to a point that maybe we just haven't seen in so long that if somebody is challenged, they automatically assume it's not that the person's disagreeing, but now it's an affront and a personal attack.
3: Right, and let me unfriend this person because I don't agree with them, and then you have uh, echo chambers of a whole bunch of people agreeing on a few things and no cross-discussion, uh, none of the discussion across the aisle, and uh, you know, maybe conservatives are um, getting a bum deal on digital platforms, but aren't they aren't they um, in control of both houses and? Um, in in the I mean well but
0: political power is far different than grassroots voices I mean there's a there's a big difference and I have to push back Abdul on your assertion because the technology behind these companies they can do whatever they want and you have no idea the power of the algorithm and the content that they feed you and so it's not a matter of these having these companies like rare having a failed business model it's a matter of them having certain switches turned off on them that show their content to less people and I can tell you in the in the ten years that I've been running big Facebook pages and and websites you know starting with you back at a previous place it doesn't exist anymore <laughs> it doesn't exist it's not our fault um, but it, it, in reality it was it was a great time for organic growth when we started that stuff I have a podcast that's successful because of organic growth organic growth does not exist in the same way the only way to get true organic growth on social media anymore is to be as outrageous as humanly possible without getting banned. And if you're if you're the Weekly Standard, for instance, you don't want to do that because you want to have a certain tone, but you cannot fight these big companies. These big companies, I think you're you're not taking into account how much effect they actually have on public discourse and setting certain tones. While at the same time, the power that they have to decide who sees what, um, there there have been some studies that show that you can swing elections by forty points based on what Google results results you show. That's a tremendous amount of power, and we should have we should hold these companies to as high of an ethical standard as humanly possible. I think Jack Dorsey gets that. I have not seen anybody from Facebook out there talking about this stuff, I think uh, Sharon Sanders, her testimony was woefully underwhelming, where she's like, Facebook is a place for birthdays. (laughs) Like, okay, well, at least Jack Dorsey understands the political power behind his platform for open discussion, uh, because it's not just a place for birthdays. It's about real problems. It's about real issues in the world. People weren't talking about sex trafficking five years ago. They're talking about it now, and that's partly because we're allowed to talk about that on their platform. And if they find that sex trafficking or issues like that aren't uh, deemed part of the respectable conversation, then real people get hurt. And so I think it's, uh, it's a real shame that these companies are choosing and being forced into the position where they are now the editor's of their platform.
1: Our guests today are Chris Spanga, we are Libertarians, and also director of the Bob and Tom Show, Dave Meeker, bringing tech to you, and Amy Starks, uh, our new uh, social media friend and our, our little cabal here of Digital Media Doms. Uh, like I said, always good to have you folks here. Uh, as we get ready to come to the sort of the tail end of our, our conversation, I want to switch up just a little bit and talk about how to be a smart, more informed, intelligent consumer of social media, particularly when it comes to politics you know how do we avoid you know the quote unquote the fake news the the the, the russian bots who are saying hey the, the black lives matters people are coming to you know knock over your house and do xyz or hey I know the Klan is going to go march at 42nd post road so you guys all need to be there amy let me start with you how do we become smarter more or smarter better social media consumers particularly when it comes you know to our politics
3: I think we need to be teaching the critical thinking skills as young as possible and before you uh, believe anything you read, you need to have a list of sources to check to verify and really it's, it's the critical thinking skills that's missing here. It's a flash. You see it. It's it's clickbait. You go. You um, are so excited to share the news that somebody died first, and even if it's not correct. Um, so the critical thinking skills as young as possible is the best way.
2: Dave, I think we're going to go back in some cases to relationships and face to face conversations and trusted advisors. I have one person not in Marion County, but somewhere else, that ran for political office. And our relationship was all based on face-to-face trust and helping each other in some way or or another. And he ran for office. Yeah, he used social X to help elevate that. But it still came down to relationships as far as why I supported him and why I valued his content or opinion.
0: Uh, go ahead no that was that's good chris <laughs> uh, i'm just over here ready um for this gets me fired up uh, i think first um you have to Ask Google questions. I think if you see a story and your gut says, this seems a little fishy, click on the link, look at the date, read the title, read the first couple paragraphs. Don't share an article ever without actually reading the content. Yes. Uh, that's first and foremost. I think general knowledge will help. Read the New York Times, read Reason Magazine, read... Vox and read the National Review. That way, you've got Libertarian, Independent, you've got Republican, you've got Democrat, and you've got a mainstream news outlet. If you just looked at those sites on a daily basis, you'd probably be fine. And then you'll be able to kind of discern what is right or what is wrong and what makes sense because you've had. Five different viewpoints represented in, in your daily news diet, and I think you have to look at your information diet in the same way that you look at your food diet. If you read the same Just source, need a bunch of steak and whiskey. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you if you only consume the same thing over and over, eventually your health falls apart. And you know you have to be a good consumer of news, and uh, you have to listen to We Are Libertarians and uh, read IndiePolitics. I'll tell
3: you though, I I don't see a lot of people doing that. They They don't have time. They don't consider it important. If we just give them the tools, the critical thinking skills to determine whether or not something is true by using those sources. I think that's a great plan.
0: It's personal responsibility. Take responsibility for what you think, what you eat, what you drive, what you buy, what you, and stop relying on other people to make those decisions for um, you. Uh,
1: the way I always tell people about social media is uh, two things. Number one, it goes back to something I learned in my very early days, in my early 20s as a reporter. Uh, I was up in this place called City News. Uh, they were like those sort of the Chicago Wire news service. They covered the city of Chicago. And written on the wall in big, giant letters in the newsroom, it said, if your mother says she loves you, get confirmation from your dad. <laughs> <laughs> that that, was, a, that was, a, there was a very fancy way of saying believe nothing anybody tells you off the bat go get confirmation even if it's your mother. Number two, when it comes to social media, I have what I call the Tootsie Roll Pop rule. You might, Chris might be a little young for this, but there's a whole commercial where the kid goes to Mr. Al and says, Mr. Al, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center for Tootsie Pop? Three. One, two, crunch. Three. If you got to click more than three times to find the real story, You may as well just stop. And forget it. Like that—that is always been my things. Believe nothing, and if I got to click at least three times to get to exactly what somebody's talking about. And Chris, you were absolutely right. There's nothing more interesting than somebody who reposts something on social media from
0: a story that was like three years old. Everybody has done it, and everybody makes mistakes. But the first rule really is: minds are not changed by social media. People want to be outraged, and they want to share stuff, they want to virtue signal, they want to look a certain way. I've never had anybody come up and say, you know. I've become a libertarian because I'm reading your Facebook posts. It's always, I'm a libertarian because I listen to your podcast. Because the information is presented in a way where people can pay attention passively. And when you're on social media, you're like, I'm out to get everybody. And that's a very, you just cannot think that way. And I just think that we probably just should share less, because I, I just don't think it's that effective. I'm, so-
3: I'm concerned about um, um, you saying that social media doesn't change minds. Isn't that what the whole... Um, Robert Mueller investigation is about right now. How- the, the
0: idea that, uh, like Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump combined spent $81 million, or $81 million on Facebook ads. Hillary Clinton's was, was most of that money. She didn't win. And so when you spend millions on Facebook ads, the idea that 100,000 Facebook and uh, Russian Facebook ads or 60, 600 Twitter accounts tweeted about healthcare, and that somehow changed anyone's mind... It, it, it's it's a BS setup to try and regulate these companies. It's in reality, your mind is changed by authentic conversation. Your mind is not changed because some random, you know, egg on social media tweet posted a, an article about healthcare. Like the narrative, I just think doesn't make sense. And so. Authentic conversation is how you change minds, and that's not what these Facebook ads or what the Russians were doing. We're down to our
1: last couple of minutes uh, here. Uh, so, Amy, I'll start with you. What advice do you give for people on how to be a good social media smart consumer?
3: Uh, once again, getting back to the critical thinking skills. Make sure you check your sources before you share anything, and do your best not to unfriend people. You can block content, but when you unfriend someone, you cut off an opportunity for them to learn a different viewpoint.
2: Dave? Look at the 30,000-foot view instead of the 10-foot view on a lot of things before you jump to any conclusions.
0: Mr. Spengel? Know what you believe, which means you're going to have to spend less than two out of every five minutes on social media and on Facebook. You're going to have to spend less time looking at your phone, spend more time engaging with the people you love and reading books, and then learn what you believe, and then start sharing. All right. Well, our guest today, as part of our social media conversation
1: to look at the upcoming election, Amy Stark of Digital Media Doms, Dave Meeker, uh, bringing tech to you, and Christopher Spengel. We are Libertarians and Digital Director of the Bob and Tom Show. Amy, Dave, Chris, thank you all very much for a very spirited, lively discussion. Can't wait to get you guys back in here real soon. Looking forward to it. Thank
2: you.